Who belongs on a dollar bill? Nicki Minaj. Post Malone. Ellen DeGeneres. You guys are both wrong. I'm just gonna. I. I mean. I was gonna say Abraham Lincoln, but then I was like, I don't want to go the president route. So then Amber saved me. And Abraham Lincoln was already on a five dollar bill. Yeah, is no. he? He is? You don't know this? <laughs> I don't know who's on the dollar bill. He's on the cent and the oh, $5 Oh, damn, bill. I should have yeah. said, like, Harriet Tubman, because weren't they trying to make that a thing? Yeah, a black person yeah. would be cool on, a, on yeah. one of the... Obama! Of that was supposed to be, like, a thing at that was, one point. That was a good question. But, yeah, Amber saved me with... Because um, I was going to say... <laughs> no, I think I, I would rather go with Nicki Minaj and Post Malone. That's a dirty bill. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a dollar you bill, wanna... like, on his face. <laughs> okay, well, since you guys don't have legitimate reasons um excuse me my reason is legitimate she is not a significant enough person period do you know how bad i would feel spending that dollar with nikki on it Oof. she would just collect them like she would just not spend that <laughs> collectibles i think um it would be awesome to have well i don't i, I there's probably a lot of people that would be like ellen there's so many more women and what now that i'm Michelle thinking Obama? about it yeah not even Michelle. Oh like my it, God, it could Michelle go back. Obama. Like she said, Harriet Tubman would be awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of women that I feel like would be really good. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. But like, I, I do think that, you know, Oprah. Ellen is a great, no. Queen Latifah. I feel like. Chicken Nuggets. Sorry, I went too far. Am Amber ruins everything. <laughs> so sorry. I'm not even going to explain anything. No, okay? I want to hear it. Why do you think Ellen? I mean, we've heard many times on the podcast that you love Ellen, not role necessarily the role show. Mo role model purposes. Okay. That's it. Sick. Cool. All right, thank you also, guys. Also, like, oh. it would be LGBT approved, so nice. Yeah. LGBT approved? Well, I don't... That's not why I said it, but... Okay. I know, but it would make a lot of people yeah. feel good. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning into an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faraz. My name is Amber. And this is brought to you by Olive Theory. You can find us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can listen to us everywhere where you listen to podcasts. Wow. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, no and the visual aspect on this. Look YouTube. at you going off dude i'm on a cup of coffee i'm feeling good i'm feeling great and it's a great nice sunday morning True. so whoa yes <laughs> and <laughs> if you want to send in your cool questions you know cool music questions um you just want to talk to us you can just do that on our email on strange flavors podcast at yeah. gmail.com we love talking to you guys love it i just realized i'd be spending some gay bills Okay, what? <laughs> I thought you were gonna like do, talk about the merch or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, just, literally anything. Like, yo, that's a gay dollar right there. Yeah. All right. That's a gay twenty dollars that you just gave. Such me. a happy twenty dollar bill. Do you think people would not accept it? Yes. Like they'd be like, I don't. They'd be accept like, that. I refuse to accept dollar bills. No, no, like they'd be like, oh, that's a gay dollar bill. Like people that are offended by that. Yes, I, I think people would be paying and like, here's a hundred cents. I'm not using that dollar. Like, I don't keep that. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Hey. I mean, hey, the ones who want to get to keep it. Mwahaha. <laughs> um, you know, that's a good way of being like, you know, if you're offended by like our founding fathers or something, and you're like, you know, these guys were racist, they had slaves. Be like, Listen, uh, I'm going to take this because I don't believe in spending the money because these people were, you know. I don't know where you're going with that. Sorry, I tried. Yeah. I'm saying like, any, how you're saying like people wouldn't be spending that gay bill mm -hmm. like if we could also be like you know with the the white men that are on these dollar bills right like i don't believe in 
like what they did. Okay, but then co- we wouldn't be able to take the money, and I want slash need money. I know, but you wouldn't have to spend the money. You could be like, I don't believe in spending money because it has these. Don't we have on like there. merch that we sell? <laughs> if you if you want to get our merch, alifthyear.com slash shop. We still have cool shirts like the one Shamir is wearing, um, which have great messages on them. It's if you want to get Ronoponal Strange Flavors merch, that is also on there through Redbubble. Um, you can get all things like phone cases, socks, shirts, sweatshirts, pillows, and everything. Stickers. Posters of us. Coasters? Posters. Posters and coasters. he's been using this voice since the beginning that's great he's like yes an advertisement posters Posters and coasters coasters. uh yeah um well where do we where do we begin um let's talk about first huh quite a few topics let's talk about first of all amber uh you're not gonna be here next week starting uh because you're gonna be where in hawaii maui dang no invite so like I kind of wanted to go with people that I like enjoy spending time. No, I'm totally kidding. Damn. No, I'm going for a fitness retreat. Um, I'm going with people I've honestly never met. So oh, they're not from like your gym. No, no, no. Oh. It's it, oh. these are people like it's like an online fitness community. Um, it's like Gray. Love Island. It's like Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> the person who put it together. Her name's Danielle Gray, and she's kind of like a life coach slash gymnast she has a company called train like a gymnast and she put this retreat together so a bunch of fitness enthusiasts are going i saw your profile and uh something that you want to learn is how to do flips i I can do cartwheels and stuff but like i want to learn how to do a backflip so is that like you go there and like by the end of the retreat like you're going to be able to do these things she assists you so that you should hopefully be able to because every day if we i have... went all the way to hawaii and i still can't do a black backflip i'd be like what the heck <laughs> right 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 so she's a gymnast and she teaches gymnastics as well so we're like there's a chunk of the day dedicated every day to tumbling where we just go out on the beach in front of our house there and we just practice doing flips and if tumbling. you learn it I'll, I'll learn it too nice because like from her no, 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 not from her. Like, like in general, YouTube tutorials and stuff. True. Yeah. True. That that was a goal of mine. Like I think two years ago, I made a tweet about it, and you, that you want to know how to do a backflip. Yeah, mm. like so I can do it on stage, mm. and then. <gasps> oh my God! We could be backflipping like across the stage yeah. together. What if you like knock yourself out? That's like, literally on stage. That's literally what you tweeted when I, oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, <laughs> like yo, you're about to take an L. I like myself from back then. <laughs> I agree with him. Mm-mm. Um. Well, you've been going through these back pains for some time. So, like, are you ready to do all that? Like, is that going to be okay doing these flips and all that? I mean, so, yeah, I've been dealing with back pain for the last six months. And if you watch the YouTube videos, you'll see me either, like... There has been tears. (laughs) There's been many tears over this. But, like, you'll see me kind of, like, stretching out and this and that. But, you know, I basically was very worried that I wouldn't be able to because they did have a lot of expression we're going like snorkeling and zip lining and like you know even um i wanted to go skiing with you guys this uh this season and i asked my personal my physical therapist and she was like no like not yet and this Mm. and that so the last three okay it's been happening for seven months but for the last three months it's been like just like getting progressively worse and i was so bummed out because i've spent so much money into this hawaii trip like i've never spent so much money on a trip in my life and you've spent a lot of time just in this like fitness zone of like like um, there's so many like plans that i had that by the time i go to hawaii that like i wanted to be able to do six pull-ups i wanted to be like there's like a lot of like goals i had what i wanted to look like where i wanted to be on the scale like physique wise that i got pushed back a lot because of my injury and so i mean I think that like this is just like a grateful note like 
there was a lot of things that I wasn't able to accomplish, but I did have to take a step back and like focus on my health. And I had to just be appreciative of the fact that like they did just give me the okay to like have no restrictions on this trip and be able to be a part of everything and do that. And to me right now, I'm considering it a blessing and just leaving it at that because I'm just happy to be getting better. Yeah, that's awesome. And even if like, you know, whatever you if you do have any constraints like you're still gonna be in hawaii and like i think like you had said like i'm just gonna make the most out of it and you know mm-hmm. enjoy my time there so absolutely that's dope um are you guys gonna miss me on the next podcast no no um well, I so last uh <laughs> last week was valentine's day and like you mm-hmm. said that you learned something about people you collected some data what's that about i collected some data guys data oh, yeah. data um so okay and i'm gonna say these things and as guys i want you to give me your feedback on it okay so i have a lot of group chats with females disagree oh okay (laughs) and these girls like you know they're ranging from some are married some are single you know all across the board some have boyfriends some are you know fiance what's all across the board like like like, like relationship no no. (laughs) i mean (laughs) low-key no no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding which group chat what's it called (laughs) let us know i'm just kidding um so basically in these i was able to collect some things that i feel like if you're a guy you should pay attention to um because it seemed like like an overwhelming amount of women felt like this this past valentine's day like expectations on valentine's day not so much expect yeah expectations okay just give it to us okay. so we're supposed to agree or disagree about i want you to give me your thoughts don't just say agree or disagree i okay. want you to explain through it okay. so there's a few things okay. um that i don't think that guys realize the kept the like i kept hearing over and over like just give me flowers like why can't you just give me flowers the girls asking instead of something else no like at least give oh, me at, fl- least. at least give me flowers and so the reason why they're saying this is because there's a thing like oh i mean i love you every day why do i have to bring you flowers today right and like oh like we don't really need to do valentine's day i'll just take you out to dinner this and that whatever right i kept hearing and also i was around a lot of people that i didn't know and also the girls kept saying this like if you're considering like should i get my girl flowers just do it because i heard so many girls were just so heartbroken and i know it sounds so shallow but i understood it after hearing girl after girl after girl who kind of explained their i don't situation. think it's that big of a deal like mm-hmm. getting or not getting no or- if, if like she's like she just wants some flowers or something or or you're in the belief that like oh yeah holidays and like you know th- this is just to boost the economy and like you know we should materialistic in these yeah all that it's just like bro it's just flowers just like grab it makes her happy just just get them <laughs> but also just like you don't have to say that either you don't have to be like you know oh every day i would get you flowers but today is a whatever whatever just give her some flowers give i feel like it's not a hard thing to just, do just get it from the garden also nearby, you know? also like i love the thought of just having flowers in the house uh at all times like mm-hmm. in my house uh like on our center table you'll always see like different flowers there mm-hmm. from like different it's very colors. Cute. Your different mom flowers. loves flowers. My it's mom so sweet. loves flowers, it's and she and one of the things she says is that like there should always be flowers in the house, and because uh, there's always a reason to be celebrating something. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're in that belief, like that, oh, there's always something to be celebrating. Then like Valentine's Day is one of those things. It's just like okay, and a, a day to just like appreciate that love or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not that big of a deal, I think. True. Yeah, it's not a big deal in the sense that you should just do give her the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. The flowers, they're good. Like, <laughs> so can I share a story? Um, I asked one of my friends if I could, and they said that I could share it on the podcast as long as I didn't share is it their the name. Is the cheater? 
No, it's not the cheater. Oh, man. So she basically said that um, she she hinted at her man all week that she wanted flowers. Um, that, that like Valentine's Day was coming up and she was very excited about it. Um, she meant she mentioned it lightly, um, and that they met up at the beginning of the day and they planned to meet up later in the day. This is the vibe, right? And so she said that she like got him a present and everything. And so here it comes. She gives a present. They go out to like I don't know breakfast or lunch or something. I don't know. And they meet up. Um, and she asks him straight up. She said like, oh like like why didn't you get me flowers? I was like. First of all, that's ballsy, so go off. But he was like, oh, you know, like, good things happen to those who wait. Just be patient. Just be patient. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So now she's expecting that later in the day she's going to get flowers. So she's like, so that she was excited all day. She's like thinking about it. And they meet up later in the day. And she said that it, like, was, she's, like, looking at the clock and it's, like, almost midnight. And that she's like, okay, I'm going to head out now. Like, I'm leaving. And she's, like, saying bye and, like, is walking at the door and this man hasn't handed her flowers yet so she turns around again and she was like why didn't you get me flowers and he was like i told you that good things happen to those who wait just be patient and valentine's day ended okay it's been like and i mean i checked in with her like a few hours ago but oh she, so nothing nothing oh i thought there's gonna be like a twist <laughs> no there was just, like like put the expectations up all he had to do and so like she, that, the same girl ended up facetiming me that same night like in full volunteers yeah like all he had to do was get flowers isn't that and i was like you know what you should have did what i did i went and i got myself flowers that's so, dumb why is that dumb I, it made me happy <laughs> Buying myself flowers made me happy, so I did it. Like you need okay. I bought myself flowers. I wanted a flower on Valentine's Day, so I bought myself a flower. Wow. It's better than being upset that you didn't get flowers. I'm just saying any girl with me won't have that problem. Hello, hop into Shimmer's Mr. Romantic. Okay. Dang, you dye your hair blonde and you just go all F boy. No, that's not F boy, that's the opposite of F boy. He said he's gonna treat her right. Romantic guy, okay? Do you hear that voice? Yeah. No, but he's like, hey, any girl with me? Say yeah, less. Yeah, there, there was Being some F-boy in there. Of, there was some was. F-boy in there. It's F-boy like 50 antics. F-boy, 50 sweet, you know? That's a good mix. The F-boy that cares. Yeah, the F-boy that cares. See, like, the more that we talk about it, the, the more that I'm just like, okay, like, all of this stuff, who cares? Like, it is- I, just think, I just think neither person should really have expectations. Mm-hmm. And if you do something sweet, it should just come from the heart and just, like, spending time mm-hmm. uh, appreciating one another. And, like, if you go on, like, a nice dinner, like, you get her flowers or whatever, it's just, like, that's cool enough. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she is, like, oh, like, why didn't you get this? And we should give presents and all that. And, like, what we should do based off of, like, what society says and all that, that's where I'm just, like, mm-hmm. okay, like, calm down. So uh, that I would agree with you, and I feel like that's where I was at. Like, that's where I would say. Yeah. It was just like time after time, like I like was in these group chats and everything, and I'm like hearing from different girls separately that they just wish that they wanted flowers, and they just like, it was like a very basic thing that they feel like would have made yeah, them they happy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's uh, I think fine. Like that's a legitimate sort of thing to like want. Want. Yeah. And that's like, that's almost like, you know, when you're in school as a kid and like, um, it's not that you have to have like the branded stuff and all that, but like, mm-hmm. just, you just want to participate sometimes in things and like, you know, just at least fit in to a sense that it's just like, let me at least see what this is about so that mm-hmm. like the kid can decide themselves if it's worth it or whatever. But the parents, 
uh, to be like, no, like you don't get to do anything. Like mm-hmm. that's where the kid wants it even more and is like, mm-hmm. man, like I just want to be like everyone else. So that reminds yeah, me of that. Just kind v- of, feeling a part of the love. Which I is think. like you get her the flowers and then maybe she realizes something herself. Like, you know what? I like you, you know, as you are. And, and thanks for this. This is like a nice gesture mm-hmm. and addition. But don't get stuck on like that argument of like the flowers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, none of the none of the girls I know argued with their men. They just privately. Well, she bawled her eyes out. So like that's really upsetting. Yeah, but hear. she didn't. She didn't. She. I don't know if she said anything to him mm-hmm. afterwards, but she made no, but it I'm at least seem like she was like, affected in that way, right? So. Most definitely. Um, okay, so the Oscars were also last weekend, and um, we actually watched them together. They were pretty awesome. And yeah. then came out. I lost my mind. Uh, it was incredible. It's cool. Yeah. Um, the thing that I was kind of confused about was Joaquin Phoenix's speech, and it was shared everywhere. And they're like, "Oh my God!" Like you know, he spoke out, and like incredible. Whoa. Yeah. And I feel the total opposite. Wow. Well, can you give me some context? Um, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, the actor that played the Joker, uh, won for Best uh, Male Actor. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, one of the biggest awards. And uh, he came out and made this speech, and it was kind of like, you know, the world is crumbling, and, you know, society is moving this way, and I've, I haven't played my part, and I've been this bad human being, and, like, we should forgive one another, and we should, like, do better, and there's people suffering, and blah, 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 right? Okay. And uh, people, you know give him a standing ovation and like it was shared everywhere and i'm just like I, what is he talking about what are what's the substance here and what are we gonna do what's the action yeah and I, it, it felt like you know it felt like another sort of like person and and he might have been genuine it seems like he is he was just going off of this like train of thought that what that it did seem like it was just kind of like you know I, I don't know what to do yeah mm-hmm. which that's fine yeah but uh I don't know. I feel like as with Hollywood actors and stuff, as long as they say something, like they could get up on stage and be like, you know, Australia, they're going through this. Like, I'm with you or like whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, OK, well, what are yeah. you doing about it? Like you have a room full of people that have power and knowledge and uh, resources. And maybe if you got together and like offered a real place, go to this site or like, you know, who wants to talk to me and or like yeah. give somebody a platform which some people right. have done before we're just like this person is from this uh they're gonna speak instead of my speech about this mm. and Miley, they don't have to Miley do that Cyrus did that with the um homeless yeah uh, yeah they don't have to do that yeah uh because you know the oscars for for some people like winning one is a huge deal as it should mm-hmm. be yeah. uh you know you accomplish something great and you can talk about whatever you want to but at the same time when people go up there and like use that time to just be like oh yeah like you know people are suffering yeah. and I, I think i felt whatever. the same way like when we're watching it together yeah but after watching it later like it was really deep that um you know like uh one thing is like the way we advance as a society is helping each other not digging up old past stuff and i'm pretty sure he's referring to like bad old tweets and stuff right mm, yeah and like referring to someone's old tweets and trying to bring them down doesn't help anybody sure you're supposed to try to help other people and you know like people um announce organizations and stuff mm-hmm. right he played the joker and, and if you watch that movie he was the joker guy he was part of an organization that wasn't helping him he was part of therapy that wasn't helping him okay so like i guess his thing was saying that like it happens on like a personal basis like you help we advance mm-hmm. a society on a personal basis like and he also went into the veganism thing like animals are dying when there are substitutes to provide that whatever but i think his thing is like you know we advance personally we get healthier and happier mentally just mm. by um you know bringing each other up and we need each other we're uh i heard like 
you know. Yeah, I guess that helps, you know, mm-hmm. put it into context of yeah. like, you know, what he maybe meant by it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I was just kind of like, you don't, just because you have that, you know, platform doesn't mean yeah. like you have, it's just like a super, I guess, sensitive time we live in where it's just like everyone mm-hmm. feels like they have to say something yeah. or do the right thing. And, and per- I don't think, I don't think for him personally, yeah. like, you know, there's Leonardo DiCaprio who, when he won, he didn't have to say anything, but he was like, I believe in, you know, our world is dying. Let's. And he is like part of that entire, like he yeah. has organizations mm-hmm. that he's funding yeah. himself. And, and he like, was, he didn't he say anything. He didn't it. say anything. Oh, I wanted this for years. He was just like, you know, the world is dying. Right. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, I think these actors are pretty genuine. Mm. You can kind of tell when they're not, mm. but I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Like, sometimes you can't tell sure so but it feels like genuine yeah i think i think it's just like it's not even that about whatever he meant what he's going through and like you know all of that uh it's more so like the things that we celebrate as society which was like we were celebrating the fact that he's saying something um and we see these things happen in front of us all the time and we're never sharing the constant like problems and solutions that are in front of us but when someone speaks out about it we're like oh yeah like let me share this because it'll look good or whatever and like he said something nice but like when things are happening right in front of us Mm -hmm. uh we are reluctant to call it out or we're reluctant to like donate or or volunteer our time or or even just like learn about something and i think his commentary was a little like that when people were clapping he was like don't clap okay like fair he was like you know this is not for me you know this is just something that needs to be yes okay so that i like because he's saying what i'm saying right now which is like no like you're clapping for me and i'm talking about whatever like he was doing that so um yeah but that was interesting um there's also this justin bieber interview that happened i don't know if you guys got a chance to see it It was zane low oh Um, no i want to check it out uh it was don't spoil it i won't uh (laughs) i'm not gonna spoil what he said content or anything but um I just want to discuss something about it. Zane Lowe, first of all, is like a great interviewer. Mm-hmm. He cares passionately about the music and everything. And, you know, he's one of the only people that like someone like Drake will sit down with. Or mm-hmm. uh, There's a few people like Elliot Wilson is great, too. But Nikki. Zane Lowe, he's good. Uh, yeah, Nikki is, is good with him. <laughs> um, but so during the Justin Bieber interview, I just want to say like um, it was really interesting seeing the shift in like what how we saw him grow up. Versus like now and and the the thing that I noticed more than anything in that interview was his body language. He was crouched down the whole time and like looking down, never making eye contact and just always in a state of like anxiety. Um, And every time he would talk about Jesus, he would kind of like lift up and he was almost confident as if like Jesus has my back. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting seeing people talk about faith in that way, Mm -hmm. which is like when celebrities i think go through like this movement whether it be kanye west in his like spiritual journey justin bieber um or even like athletes like we've seen muhammad ali um you know experience islam and and like spread it to the to whoever he could at his stage um they i feel like they uh you know have a different reaction than normal people which is like i've been sent this message and i have this power to spread it in this way and so I have to like really just preach about it and, and act accordingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just like an interesting thing to see about like body language and mm-hmm. and how faith can literally kind of like change physical things about somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would encourage anybody to check that out um, and just kind of like notice um, 
that that sort of like interaction uh, between the two. Hmm. Um, let's go over one last like fun thing uh, before we introduce the guest. And it's this message that came in. Um, so we've been kind of going hard at these parodies recently. Yeah. And it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, They've been really good. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we've kind of had like a mental sort of shift in how we're like viewing things and like how we're working on things. And uh, it's been really fun and unique. And, um, you know, we're getting like different feedback and it's cool. I think it's before we were kind of like, oh, we know this is like great art and we're going to put it out. You know, we we're kind of like, I don't know how to say it, but we we're kind of like super confident in the art that we we're making. And now it's kind of like we're starting from the bottom again. And we're building back up it kind of feels like that to me at least mm -hmm. and that's super fun like sure. i find it interesting so. i mean it's funny because it's just like i think we feel like what we felt when we first clicked and yeah. we were just pushing out content um on our rono pono channel specifically and it's like before that is the exact same like cycle that happened with me personally which it was like you know when we first started that channel um it was like, oh, we were just pushing out a bunch of content. And then it was like, it comes with expectations and all of these things. And then it kind of takes you off track of like what this is really about. You go through this drought and it's just like, you don't feel like necessarily making it and you don't know who it's for and like what it's for and stuff. And then something, some idea or some like, you know, revelation comes along the way, mm -hmm. which at the time when I met you, it was like that, which was just like, you were excited because you were fresh in yeah. like, that like that desi sort of yeah. like like i've never gotten that many space. eyes on like my piece of work or something yeah like, and it felt like the first time when i started doing it it was like whoa this is fun now i have somebody to like do it with yeah and then we started pushing out content like that and then again like you know i think things got busy for all of us and like you know it just life catches up and just things happen and you're just like you know man like should we keep like making this like you know is it still gonna do whatever and like then you go through this drought again and then you get busy and all that and then again now we're at that stage where we're just like we're, it's like we were first starting out which is just yeah. like all right let's work all through the weekend and like yeah. you know not sleep and just push out content content yeah. content and i'm so trying to work really so that we don't have a drought like for sure yeah that, that's i think the mentality and just enjoy it i think yeah. like we're really enjoying it like again. it's really fun it's like so no, fun. no matter what like the numbers views whatever it's, yeah. it's fun that's that's the number one priority and what's crazy that's is like important. we're not getting as many views or interaction as like we were yeah you know a year ago or anything and like we were peaking yeah. and uh right now we're like getting nothing but people are still like yo like this, this is the best and, and that, like, that's all that matters the quality you and know? like you know like the people that stick with us and yeah. the people that love as, it like Exactly. I think they can see the dedication and all that, and like yeah. the efforts, and mm. actually, like more comment than we that we get than anything is you guys are so underrated. I can't believe like this is still love your ass. So it's awesome. But there was this funny um, like DM that came along recently, and they were replying to I think uh, our nonstop video, and uh, it says y'all probably won't see this, but I have to confess, I used this video last year for a parody presentation for my speech class. He wanted us to make a video with friends or family, and I wasn't about to try and make a, make up lyrics. I'm not that talented, and also I would cringe and die. So I told him that y'all were my cousin brothers because, you know, brown people oh, can no. pass for that kind of ish, I guess. And he believed it. So I presented this in front of my whole class, Stop. and apparently y'all are my cousins from my mom's side, and y'all live in New Jersey, and we all made this video together when we were bored. Please don't sue me for this 
by John's. I'm really sorry. Okay, bye. That also, is so funny. Also, some people were scared to mess with me because they believe I have four big brothers. So thank you for that too. <laughs> oh, is he like young? <laughs> yeah, I think he's a he's a younger kid. That is so honestly like I'm happy for him that he was able to like finesse that. I'm yeah, not. I am absolutely suing him. Make your own parody. <laughs> you are yeah, not talented. Funny. That's funny. Actually, um, we used to get messages like this all the time, which is like. Hey, uh, don't say anything. But I told my friends that you guys are my cousins. Like all, like that's always for some reason something that kids tell their friends yeah, for yeah. like that approval and validation. Yeah. But it's just cute. I like I never respond because yeah. I'm just like you know what, like let them whatever. Send send a picture of you alone, like and send it to Frost, and we'll Photoshop ourselves <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. We should do that. That would be really funny. And we charge for it. It's like. <laughs> But no, like that's awesome. Um, I was at a like a a desi party at Dawit last night, and there was um, a bunch of little kids that came up, and they were like, "Hey, we love your videos and stuff." And I haven't been to one of these in a long time because like our parents just go and stuff. And yeah. uh, my sister was over, so like she was like, "Okay, you have to come." And uh, these kids like they pulled up the TikToks, and they were oh, like, thanks. "We follow you on TikTok, like we Aww. love them and stuff," wow. and like one of the girls actually like reacted to it and stuff and oh, she, and she started doing like a renegade thing the mm. renegade dance oh, to awesome. it and uh i don't know why like i just love when little kids like something when they when they catch on to something of course like we're always putting in that the lyrics and the efforts and everything that it's gonna be like you know Impressive that adults are gonna yeah. get and like it's gonna be smart stuff but when kids like it it's just like a different joy i feel like yeah. when you can when you can be the source of like joy for the kids and like they dance to things and stuff like that's always like yeah a, a token that comes with doing all this so um to this kid that wrote into us um yeah send us a picture and <laughs> let's continue this bs <laughs> let's keep it going um okay so let's introduce the guest um we're really excited to have her on today the stranger is an american muslim civil rights and political activist she's the maryland director for the council on american islamic relations and she has helped out my family along with many other families along the way she's an incredible human being super impressive um and and just a great face for muslim women and muslims in general um so please welcome dr zainab chaudhry um let's just start off i want to start off right away about like you know what a crazy past year you've had now that we're in 2020 and just kind of before we even talk about um you know care and all of that like some of the highlights of 2019 of what you guys were able to accomplish so what are do you think some of the top things that you know you were able to accomplish with care and everything in 2019 i think in 2019 one of the most kind of successful points for me personally or one of the highlights that i really enjoyed um was that care participated in our first lobby day in annapolis okay hmm. so because we do a lot of work around social justice civil rights work and a big part of our work is to empower young muslims and to engage them like in the political process um we were able to put together like a lobby day where we had muslims from around the state come to the state capitol and meet with lawmakers on issues that impact us like on a daily basis. And I know when people think about 
making law, it sounds so boring. Mm -hmm. But when you learn more about what goes on behind the scenes, like it's really fascinating. So that was one of the highlights. I know, I know one of the, one of the things that I was really excited to see was, um, you know, there was this kid who had been, um, I I think like the front of, of this, something that you were, you guys were working on trying to get past, which was like, um, having a day off for Eid for Muslims Mm -hmm. in Baltimore. Is that right? For sure. Yeah. Um, what was that about? How'd that go? So there is a campaign, Eid Equality campaign, um, around the state in different localities, different counties, mm-hmm. where Muslims are mobilizing to get Eid Equality, where they want schools to be closed for Eid. And we were all, I think, born and raised in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So we know what it's like to grow up and not be... Skip school. Not be able to skip school because yeah. our parents are like, you've got to go to school, yeah. right? Or have to miss a day of school and have to make up for it. Exactly. And be marked absent and yeah. have to like take exams because i mean I, I i was definitely missing school i wasn't gonna miss eat <laughs> there's no way but yeah you yeah. would have to be absent from school right yeah and our my parents are very strict about that they were yeah. always like you've got to go to school like you can't go to eat so it really um it was pretty tough but well, how do they decide because our whole right. thing is like on the moon and right. you don't know if it's one day or the next so do you know about that like how they decide how, how would we go about that so there is a body called the Fiqh Council of North America. Okay. And they put out like a calendar of dates for when um, either schedule to land. Mm-hmm. So they calculate up to about a decade in advance. And now like with astronomy and like so many different technologies, they're able to really kind of like get a head start on um, identifying and pinpointing what date Eve is going to land on. Of course, there's always going to be the moon sighters, right? That's right. a good tradition on Eve. You go out the night before, you go look for the, the moon and do the moon sighting. Um, but for the last several years, we've noticed that the calculated date has been pretty accurate. Okay. And so we're comfortable with like presenting that to school mm. boards of education and encouraging them to... They should just give be... off for both days. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just in case. Because wasn't it but last... But we don't know if it's like, like a while ahead, it's like three possible days. Because yeah, it could be remember, the two days. And wasn't then it, it last uh, Ramadan when it was like, uh, oh, yeah. they were like, oh, it's actually today. Yeah, and, and I was half like, the people started yeah, the next day. I, just, I was like, all right, I'm just not going to eat the rest of the day then because I'll just yeah. start now or whatever. And then um, also like, I think two Eids ago, it was like a mosque 20 miles down was doing Eid the whole separate different day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what happened to us. Because yeah. it was like, we usually go off of ISB, which is a, you know, a big mosque in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for some reason where we live, which is like 40 minutes away, uh, they were like, no, we're not going to go by them. We're going to go by like Saudi Arabia and like some yeah. people do that and stuff. Oh so. yeah, some people follow Saudi Arabia. Some people are like, no, it's where you are. So, yeah. I mean. But no, that's so cool that like, mm-hmm. you know, that's finally a thing. Because in my when I was growing up, I didn't think that like that would ever be. Oh and yeah. There's, we still get some resistance. Like there's a handful of people who are like, well, you can't calculate because you've got to be able to sight the moon. So what we tell them is, like for the school districts that agree to close schools on the calculated dates to just not like obstruct that process. Like you, you're still welcome to celebrate Eid on the day that your your mosque mm. designates it or like they call Oh, for. you're saying you get some resistance from Muslims? From other Muslims. Oh. Like a very, very tiny like number. Like the vast majority of My son of need to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> or well, it's more kind of like yeah, the moon sighting yeah. thing because they're like, oh, well, how can you designate a date when right, you haven't yeah. sighted the moon? Like yeah. what happened last Ramadan was like a big, it was a big uh, deal because literally the night before 4 a.m., 3 a.m., people were texting back and forth. Do we have Eve tomorrow or not? And that yeah. would have been... Even the start. Yeah. Do you guys remember when we weren't sure when Ramadan was starting, and then it ended up they announced it at midnight? That yeah, in that's what we were saying. Four hours. Yeah. We, oh, they're talking like, about Eid. Um, 
Okay, so I mean, like that's that's really that's a big deal. Um, was there anything else that um, was a super highlight for you in the 2019 with Care? I think one of the really cool points I really liked was that um, so each year we have a youth leadership symposium in Annapolis. So we bring like young people to Annapolis to meet with lawmakers and tour the governor's mm-hmm. mansion and to um, just kind of like you know be more aware of like how the political process happens. And when I was there, I met an intern who was staffing in one of the delegates office and she was in, or not staffing interning in one of the delegates office and she introduced herself to me and I didn't recognize her but she told me that she had met me like three years prior mm. and she looked at me she's like do you remember me and I was like no she was like I was part of Mills like she was part of the youth leadership symposium three years ago okay no. and she was like that's what now she's of, made she made it now she's I pretty right she's like interning in a delegate's office it and it just made my heart so proud why do you, I was like, oh. we need I mean, that. why do you think that that's important like I feel like to kids that seems like oh like politics is corrupt like why would i want to be a part of this process you know i tell kids every day i'm like guys we're like living in an administration where we currently have a muslim ban in effect like Mm -hmm. by all intents and purposes however you want to frame it there is currently a muslim ban in effect in the united states of america and we are living under the most fascist most imperialist most um xenophobic administration and a lot of their policies impact us on a daily basis in so many different ways and I remember growing up, like, I was born and raised in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. but I'd never been to Annapolis. And it wasn't until I was, like, in my late teens, early 20s that I even knew that was a state capital (laughs) because it was just, like, not a thing. You know, my parents were not, like, politically savvy or they didn't care about that stuff. But I feel like, you know, if we're not at the table, then we definitely are on the menu. Mm -hmm. And our lawmakers need to see that our communities are engaged, that Muslims cannot be discounted, that we are part of, you know, society and we deserve to be heard and treated equally as everybody else. Yeah. What was that gum that you guys had with care? That was like the anti-Muslim. Islamophobin. So, yeah. What oh, was yeah. that? Yeah. So that was a campaign that care started um, a couple years ago. It was so cute. It was like that's a, like the way that I can describe it. It was like a very cute way to like make a statement. It was interesting when that started out because care is a very like professional, very proper organization, and people were like, not really used to us being funny mm-hmm. or like humorous it, but it, humorous. Was, it was like a funny video on like a medicine right yeah yeah and uh what was like the premise so the goal was to poke fun at islamophobia because we know that anti-muslim bigotry happens but instead of being like reaction like reactionary all the time like we figured a fun campaign to kind of raise awareness and provide like the antidote or like the cure to anti-muslim bigotry would be like a fun way to push back at it and who doesn't love humor like yeah. we we've got to laugh more There's they actually so much- had it in like physical like chewing gum too yeah which is really funny i thought that was awesome yeah. um okay i mean like let's um let's dive into what even is care uh how did you get your start there care so care is um the council on american islamic relations we are america's largest muslim civil rights and advocacy organization so basically what we do is protect the rights of muslims in our country work for justice, so we work intersectionally. We don't focus on just justice for Muslims, but justice for all, with a big focus on Muslims. Um, and we work to like enhance the understanding of Islam. Like, so I'm a visible Muslim, I wear like a headscarf. And I remember um, just growing up, like when I started wearing the scarf when I was 19 years old, mm-hmm. you would just get asked all kinds of random questions. Like, you know, are you allowed to shower with that? Or do you have to shower with that one? Or <laughs> are you allowed to like go to sleep, like taking it off? And just really kind of silly questions. Um, and I think it made me realize that there's a lot of misunderstanding mm-hmm. about the faith 
Um, and that leads to more hate crimes and bias incidents and things like that. So I actually am not a lawyer or anything. People think you've got to be a lawyer to work in social justice work or you've got to like be a PR person. Mm-hmm. I was actually a pharmacist. Um, so I worked in pharmacy for like several years. And then if I you said, couldn't get any browner than that, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, done the doctor thing and now let's go towards civil rights. Yeah. Like, you got to follow that trajectory, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how, you know, with Pakistani parents, they, they kind of pigeonhole you oftentimes in certain careers. How did that opportunity present itself to you? You know, I think um, I was just like really frustrated and like really disillusioned and sick and tired of being a pharmacist. I had done it like for such a long time and I was like, I wanted to do something that was actually benefiting and improving our communities and like assisting our communities. And I was like um, having a conversation with a friend and our kid had been bullied in school. And I was like, I don't, I remember talking to my husband about it and I was like, you know, this is, this is messed up. And he was like, and he's actually the one who told me back here because he used to intern at the Care New York office. He's an attorney. And so he was like, why don't you go volunteer? And I just showed up at their office in DC and knocked on the door and they were like, who are you? And how can we help you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And the rest is history. And what's your position now? Um, so currently I'm the director of the Maryland office. Mm. Wow. And um, okay. so making your way all the way up <laughs> just trying to try to do it right just just trying to keep it real and trying to like give back to our communities and hopefully inspire and empower young muslims along the way to also give back well i think it's okay. super important uh that a woman is you know I, I see you um you know speaking about care and and being a leader in so many of the events and showing up to so many different um you know protests and different uh, activism retreats or whatever uh and and just having a woman wearing a hijab as the as the front of that is is so important and so like you know i really you know it makes me really proud at like as someone who looks up to you to see that all the time mm-hmm. so i think it's super cool especially um so i met you in like my college days when i was like in the ms yeah when i was I in MSA. That, yeah. and a lot of times i would get questions from like aunties and uncles and just from other people like like for what reason do you do this like what like what are you providing like what is this for like what like focus on your studies like you're not going to make a difference like you know in in fewer words than that they would kind of just like devalue that and i think that what you're doing kind of validates every little thing that everybody's doing in their daily lives so having an actual council that can take on these problems and kind of present them in a bigger way you know reaching out to new sources that's very impressive but then even your story alone taking you know just being just frustrated and then you know diving into that world and really making something of it so i mean i I think that's really really cool you know it's so funny like the idea of being unapologetic in our identity is something that i think with young muslims especially like i I think this newer generation that's growing up like it's different it's a different ball game for them but when my generation was growing up like it was a foreign concept Mm -hmm. it was like there was so much pressure to conform to like your society to fit in Mm -hmm. exactly right and um, i remember growing up i was in middle school and one of my best friends like she was constantly bullied and harassed. And like, that was actually, I think one of the things that, experiences that compelled me to want to start wearing hijab. Because I was like, you know, we live in a society where women are constantly objectified. And you've got to like conform and you've got to feel like you're like living up to like what other people want you to be. No, you live up to what you were destined to be and you got to fulfill your potential. Mm. Like, and be unapologetic in your identity. And for me, part of my identity is as a Muslim. A big part of my identity. And so just being able to give back that piece and like empower 
other young Muslims and hopefully other interfaith like children is just really an honor and a privilege. Well, what was your upbringing like? Did you ever face um, bullying yourself and, you know, what type of like family background and things like that? Yeah, of course. So I, typical immigrant story, like my parents, I'm first generation American, my parents are immigrants. Um, we came, um, my parents came to the United States, I was born a couple of years later, and we grew up in the west side of Baltimore. So there were very few Muslims around, mm. and my parents struggled a lot. Like education was a big thing for them. So like everything was focused on, you know, going to school, which is why we missed Eid all the time, mm. because if it landed on a school mm. day. Um, but they really were like adamant that like we had to get a good education. But I mean, they struggled sometimes to just put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I think going to school, being like the only Muslim, like was something that definitely like impacted me. Like growing up, I was like, why am I different than everybody else? But it wasn't until I was in my teen years that I realized that's a strength. Like when mm-hmm. we we are not meant to be cookie cutter, like impersonations of one another. We are meant to be individual and unique. And every person has like their own kind of set of contributions and values that they bring to the table. And when we like just feel like compelled to be like everybody else, like we're cheating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen a little bit about, you know, uh, what the process might look like when somebody is uh, facing discrimination um, and, and the people that you work with. But uh, for people that don't know, what is the process usually like? What's the goal and how do you, you know, you hear about a story where somebody is, you know, facing some sort of a hate crime. What's the typical like procedure? So we encourage, first of all, for anybody who experiences a bias motivated incident or hate crime to report it. Mm-hmm. Because right now, one of the biggest challenges we face is the underreporting. Like to the police? To the police or to care or to anybody else. Okay. Um, if, I they, think- if they do report it to the police, like how do you guys hear about it? So sometimes we'll learn about it through word of mouth, like in the community, like somebody will contact us and be like, did you hear about this incident that happened with so-and-so's son or something like that? Um, And sometimes we'll hear about it through law enforcement or through other community partner like organizations who are aware of it. And they're like, well, this is a Muslim family. You're a Muslim organization. They might feel better for you to connect with them. But the majority of our cases are through direct like contact. But we encourage like folks to feel empowered to report it, even if you don't want to pursue legal action. Like just knowing that you are taking the initiative to stand up for yourself, which we all have every right to do when we're faced with those kind of circumstances, it can shift like the conversation and pull us away from the victim mentality that develops when we are targeted or victimized in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can reach out to CARE directly. They can reach out to our civil rights department, civilrightsatcare.com or contact the Maryland Outreach Department, mdoutreach.care.com. Um, so typically what we do in these kind of cases is we will do an intake, like we'll assess the situation, kind of get all the information, the facts of the incident, what happened, who was there, the date, things like that. And we never take any action without the family or the pe- person who's like targeted without them feeling comfortable about how we proceed. Um, and then, like depending on the situation, we'll provide them with options on ways that we can proceed. If we feel like there's a potential for legal action, then we defer it to civil rights. If we feel like it's more of an advocacy situation where we can leverage media to pressure like certain stakeholders to take action, then we so, go so that what's route. the I want to talk about that. What's the point of that? So like you know, you've contacted the police, um, say nothing happens. Um, you've gotten that that media coverage. Um, to get this story out there. Uh, you know, some families uh, hold back from this step often because they don't want to have, 
they don't want to be targeted again. They don't want to. It's almost embarrassing. Or cause um, like a ruckus. I feel like. Yeah. Especially, I feel like immigrants don't want to, you know, make a big deal out of something because yep. they want to kind of, you know, almost blend in and not really. They don't want it cause as, a, as a part of their, you know, the thing. So like, what's what's the point? What does that do? So when we in situations where we feel like media is a valuable part of the solution, um, ha- putting media pressure on these kind of cases can be helpful in different ways. A, it causes law enforcement to take these situations seriously because a lot of times when unfortunately hate crimes and bias motivated incidents are reported, we'll get like kind of stonewalling sometimes from law enforcement where they'll, they won't take the situation as seriously as it deserves to be treated. Mm-hmm. So media pressure can be a very powerful, and very instrumental way to affect positive change. Mm-hmm. But the part that I really appreciate about this part of the solution is that it spreads the word and it lets the person who was targeted know that they're not alone. There's other mm-hmm. people who are also going through the exact same thing, if not worse. And it encourages and motivates them to also come forward and speak out. Yeah. Because if we, like sometimes I think, especially within the immigrant community and sometimes the Muslim communities, people feel like, oh, well, if we don't talk about it, it'll go away and it'll make everything okay. And I know I grew up in a family where there are some things we just don't talk about because it just, you know, was uncomfortable or awkward. Right. But if we don't talk about these issues, then we can't find solutions and people are suffering in silence. And so when we, when we expose them, like in a controlled kind of environment, then we give, we empower others to also come forward and say, not only is this wrong, but I know somebody else, or I personally have been targeted. Mm-hmm. And what can we do collectively? It's like similar to, to the solutions. to the results of the Me Too movement, where you know it's similar, where people feel embarrassed or they feel like nobody would take it seriously, and there's not you know a lot of like legal action you know that that they can go to, and then just by putting their stories out there, it encouraged a lot of other women yes. uh, to come out, and and it was like this snowball effect and now there's a movie right margot robbie and somebody else it was just oh that's the bombshell bombshell that is oh okay i want to check that out um megan kelly exposing roger isles and the fox news yeah i didn't i saw that movie um like the trailer of it but i didn't know that's what it was about um you know we hear often and and i see you in dc doing your thing marching and speaking out and stuff we hear often um that what's the point of marching you know, go get a job. Why are you guys out here? Like, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Why do you do it? What's the point? Because we, we've got to stand loud, proud. We've got to make our voices heard. Um, one of the most effective forms of resistance is being present and vocally speaking truth to power. Mm. And one of the ways that we speak truth to power is by making sure that we show up in the spaces where power is and we confront it whether that be in the halls of Annapolis or the halls of Congress or outside of like, you know, embassies, depending on whether it's genocide in different parts of the world that we're, we're challenging. Um, but that physical presence just communicates that, um, you know, that the status quo is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And we saw like during the civil rights movement with the March on Washington with Dr. King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., like how impactful it was to mobilize mm-hmm. people and like, there is power in numbers. Like each and every single one of us has power in ourselves, but just being able to be in those spaces and speak truth to power, it can help bring about change. Yeah, um, I think 
when it was a little bit confusing when um you know the president took office um and people in the muslim communities didn't know what to do and i heard you know it was almost comical a little bit of of what like people were thinking so there was uh friend groups that i was in that like they were like okay muslims need a buff up like we need to go to the gym we need to get strong we're gonna fu- we're gonna physically fight Take this that off. protein yeah. yeah and then there was people that were like no we need to ignore everything we need to stay focused we need to make money because money is power like these are real com- like people in my community like uncles talking like are like oh it's crisis time like what are we gonna do and then, like literally a guy started, he's like we need to go to the gym <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is a real solution what is the bigger picture here is it true that like you know the money is going to be running it um i mean on our on our last podcast we had the military vet that was talking about you know them needing to target one group of people so that they can stay in power do you know anything about like what the bigger picture is and and what we what's the right approach you know you can't deny that money talks right. money's got power but i think that when we look at, for example, Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign, right? He he's completely funded by grassroots, ordinary Americans who are either minimum wage or below minimum wage, or like, you know, money. Money is important, but I think more than money, we got to strategize internally on what different factors and components we can capitalize on. Like, what strengths within our communities we can kind of like harness right. to really like bring what, about like, change. What does that mean? So organizing power. So, for example, um, when the Muslim ban was announced, the mm-hmm. executive order was announced in 2017, we saw masses, like people just stood up and went to airports around the country and they yeah. shut them oh, yeah. down. Right. And the power of the people was just like so incredible mm-hmm. because many of those people probably had never donated to like a Muslim organization in their life. Yeah. Right. But they saw what was happening and they were like, we're not going to be silent. And a lot of them were non-Muslims. Like there were yeah. the majority of them were actually not Muslim. It was really cool seeing signs like Jews for Muslims and stuff yeah. like that. Having like other groups that are traditionally or like thought to be almost against each other, like coming out and being like, we're, we're here for you and with you. For sure. And I think a lot of Muslims were actually at home, like concerned or afraid or not showing, not knowing what to do. Right. Um, and I think just showing up in those spaces and speaking out can like be such a powerful way to to communicate but i think internally like just strategizing and being more politically and civically engaged Mm -hmm. is also important like are you eligible to vote are you registered to vote do you vote do you know who your which district you live in do you know who your representatives are on the local level or in congress have you ever written a letter have you ever met with them do they know that you are their constituent like when we think about elected officials we think about people who have power over us, but that's mm-hmm. not the case. We gotta change the way we think. We, they are public servants. We are taxpayers, we pay their salary. Mm-hmm. So we have the power to say to them, I'm your constituent. You need to answer to my concerns. Like if I have a problem, I'm gonna bring it up to you and I need to hear what your office is doing to rectify it. You spoke about um, Bernie. I know that he has a, a handful of Muslims in, in his team and his campaign. Um, if you can give us a little bit of advice about who we should look out for um, that is going to benefit our communities, um, if you know anything about that, or I think that would be helpful. Or even how to vote f- or how to choose who we want to vote for based off of our values. Yeah, for sure. So this is in my personal capacity. Care as a 501c3 does not endorse any candidate, like in you know in the organizational capacity. But in my personal capacity, um, you know, I strongly encourage everyone to look up 
like where the candidates stand on issues that matter to you. And don't let anybody tell you who to vote for. Like that's one thing. So I'm also always very reluctant to tell people who I support because I want everybody to kind of like make their own best judgment based off of the information that they have and what's important to them. Right. Yes, I am a huge Bernie fan. Like mm-hmm. I'm a huge supporter. I think um, not just because he's, you know, the Jewish uncle who cares about Muslims and Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Right? He He's actually caring about the forgotten parts of society that a lot of people, a lot of presidents have not typically um, paid a lot of attention to. But um, just do your diligence, like research, look up where candidates stand on issues and volunteer for campaigns. Like one thing with Bernie's campaigns, they've been very effective is like mobilizing grassroots, like organizers, encouraging folks to get involved in the campaign on a local level through your, their local office. Um, and you can also register to or get trained to register people to vote like in your local communities, hold voter registration drives so that people who otherwise might think, oh, our voices don't count, like they can be encouraged and compelled to register to vote as well and actually rock the vote on election day. Um, because voting is so, so, so important. It's such a big part of like the political process and just being um, being engaged is like super key. Yeah. Do you, uh, so I know you're the director of Care for Maryland. Do you work with other care branches and like are there interpersonal relationships there? For sure. Um, so CARE, the national headquarters is based in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So the Maryland office is under the national headquarters mm-hmm. in D.C. But we've got about 30-some chapters in about 20-some states across the country. I think one of the things I really appreciate about the organization is that we never operate unilaterally. Like it's not each chapter kind of working in a silo. There's a symbiotic kind of relationship. And we have like a shooter process where whenever the organization takes a position on an issue, like we internally strategize, like, you know, if this is in the best interest of the Muslim community specifically for us to do that. Um, so yeah, there's definitely that conversation happening right now. Um, so CARE has a strong youth leadership program every year in Maryland. So we're working to su- provide support to the Ohio chapter so they can also bring a similar program to their state capital. I want to highlight some of um, your accomplishments and I want to ask you a follow-up question. Oh, about no. that. Yeah. You can skip that part. <laughs> no, I have to because I think it's, impor- it's, it's important to, to know. Um, in 2015, you were the first Muslim appointed to the Maryland State Advisory Committee to the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Um, you were nominated changemaker at the 2016 White House Summit on the um, United States of, what is it? United States Women? Of United women? States of Women. Okay. And then 2016, uh, you, were, you were recognized as one of the Baltimore Sun's 25 women to watch. Um, we've seen that uh, in the Congress, uh, there's there's people that look like us now and, we, and, and people that look like you with hijab. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's incredible. So, um, you know, what has... Uh, have these accomplishments um, what kind of opportunities have these accomplishments brought to you and where do you hope to eventually take that you know I feel like all praises due to Allah like mm-hmm. I feel like you know we sometimes um, we, we feel like we're accomplishing so much but I feel like the blessings are truly from God and we never do this work alone like I know with every single event that we put on there's like tens if not you know hundreds of people behind the scenes who are helping make it successful who never get credit um so huge shout out to those folks because um there's there's just so much that goes into each and every single event that we put on and each accomplishment that each of us um, incur and one of the best ways that i feel like we can respond is just paying it forward i feel like sometimes you meet people who kind of 
fall into this like mentality that oh this is mine like I don't want to share it with anybody because it's going to diminish like my glory and that's one of my biggest pet peeves is meeting people in the community or anywhere who feel like you know threatened by somebody else's success right I remember one time there was another organization who was holding an event and I shared the flyer and one of my like volunteers texted me she was like oh sister Sina why are you sharing this flyer you know like this is not a care event like and I was like that would never diminish from a care event for me to share that flyer. I feel mm. like we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to uplift other people and to uplift other causes and organizations. And I feel like that's what the, where the true success is. Like when we are able to leverage our platforms to distribute like this success or this power or like this you know influence to people who can help move the needle forward in the positive direction on so many issues like that's when we are truly successful so and just being able to mentor like other young muslims who are now like interning for like delegates and senators in annapolis i mean it's just so incredibly rewarding so well you know i was what i was getting at right i was are you ever going to intern no (laughs) are you ever going to want to go for any political position i my my place is always going to be speaking truth to power Okay. I feel I feel like I've that seen that was a very political answer. Well, yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> diplomatic answer. Very straight from the heart, though. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of people I've seen people who run for office, and it changes them. I feel like sometimes people like their priorities change, and like you know, even if they don't want to, like they they're influenced by different factors. And I don't want that to be my guiding motivation. Like I never want to think about the fact that a donor donated to my campaign, and so I'm like. You know, obligated to support them in a certain mm-hmm. way, but that's not to say that people should not run for office. I think we need more Muslims in office for sure. Representation matters, and my faith is in like your generation because, mashallah, there are so many Muslims who are up and coming in college and high school who just recently graduated who have like potential to run for office. But I, I feel like me personally, my place is like always going to be speaking, speaking truth to power. Yeah. I think um, you know you you said this earlier about like um, you know people that are competitive um, and and don't let other people kind of rise up and, and people that are trying to get to their level they kind of kick them down. I think that's an overall sort of problem that we have in our communities, uh, especially coming from a Desi community in general, where I see like the mosque politics between uncles that like they don't necessarily care for um, you know the betterment of the entire community. What's important to them is like that they are the leader and stuff. And so, yeah, I hope like in our generation and, and like we're able to kind of provide those platforms and things. Um, you said that you wanted to uh, to talk about the um, the 2020 um, combat, combating uh, intolerance and creating a safer, more inclusive world um, this year. So what does that mean and how are you going to sort of like approach that? So just to piggyback off the other point that you made, I completely sure. agree with that. And I think part of the part of the fact that there is like so many different voices vying for a piece of the pie is because when you're part of a community where there hasn't been a lot of access to different platforms, like people constantly feel like, oh, we've got to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And that's one way of staying relevant is like being part of the conversation. Right. But that's one of the reasons why what you guys are doing with this podcast and what other young Muslims who are up and coming, who are developing their own platforms is so powerful because you're sending the message that we're not gonna wait for somebody else to provide us with a platform. We're gonna carve out our own. So keep up the great work. Um, for, <laughs> for 2020, like with the presidential campaign this season, um, this this year, 
Um, there's always like an uptick in Islamophobia and hate crimes bias incidents that we witness like across the country. Um, so one of the biggest focuses right now this year is going to be to get out the Muslim vote. And so we, we're going to be rolling out like a get out the vote campaign, um, inshallah, by this summer, where we're going to be holding voter registration drives like in mosques around the state, um, encouraging folks to get trained to register people to vote um, and just be more engaged in the political process. Like pick a pick a campaign and volunteer, like just get involved because we, we got to show up. And it's just incredible to see like I mean, not not to harp on Bernie again, but to see the incredible momentum that he's been able to generate within the Muslim community because a lot of folks are volunteering. Yeah, I think um, one of the I forget where I was. Um, I was volunteering at this with this group in Baltimore and they went to um, a lot of like homeless shelters in different places around the city that um, they would help them register to vote and then take buses out and, and get them there. For sure. And I feel like with uh, the the different like community centers and the mosques that we have, uh, I think ISB might actually do this, but like they, I think they take buses to, to go- To the like, polling places? To the polling places, right? Nice. Um, so I feel like we should do that across the, the nation. I feel like that would help a lot. You give them a quick little rundown of what these people, you know, uh, believe in and see if they match up or whatever and then take them there. So that's an excellent point for us because one of the things we want to do is also put out a voter scorecard. So like in this candidate scorecard, it'll kind of highlight where the candidates stand on different issues. So without telling you who to vote for, we can at least inform Muslims on, you know, where, where candidates stand on issues that matter to you. Mm -hmm. And then like, so each voter is making their own decision but they've got the information that they need. They don't gotta go Googling or digging like to find out who's the ideal person. Yeah. So. Do you get time for fun besides, you know, <laughs> a, a part of your busy schedule? Are there people that you're excited to uh, see when it comes to especially like Muslims in the media and stuff these days and anybody that you think is doing a really good job at that? You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because when you love what you do, it's like every day is fun, even though it's like supremely stressful. Sure. Um, but I think having a healthy work-life balance is so, 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 so important. Right. Self-care is huge. It needs to be prioritized. I know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I eat a donut a day and like tons of chocolate. I was going to say, what is your uh, version of self-care? Like some people to face mask, some people to massage. I'm just curious. I love spending time with friends. Okay. Um, hanging out with my best friends, um, hanging out with my family. Just um, eating a lot of chocolate. Chocolate's always like a good thing. I don't care. I'm not, you know, discriminatory. All chocolate is good chocolate. Um, just like going out to museums. I love art. So okay. like when art, um, when there's like cool exhibits in different museums in DC, I'll try to go check them out. Just have some downtime. But work takes up a big chunk of my life. I'm trying to be better about like that work-life balance. Yeah. Um, I had asked if, if there's anybody in the media um, that you're excited about that like, you know, we definitely don't have our community as much represented um, in the media. So any Muslims that, that you can think Med of that you like? Mehdi Hassan is like bombastic. If you guys haven't checked him out, check him out. Um, he's, he's a fierce voice um, and he has access to platforms and he's like uh, very like articulate about issues that impact our community. So Mehdi Hassan. Um, who directly works in media. And then, of course, activists include Zahra Bilu from CARE San Francisco Bay Area chapter. I would follow her on Facebook. Obviously, Linda Sarsour, you guys already know Linda Sarsour. Everybody knows Sister Linda. But what about, like, entertainment people and, like, Muslim entertainers? Like, do you, like, enjoy any Muslim comedians or, or 
Yeah, or like, do you watch yeah, Amber's it? literally like, do you like Hasan Minhaj? <laughs> no, I mean, not Muslim comedians. I mean, what uh, other Muslim comedians? Hasan Minhaj is definitely like huge. She's, he's, uh, no, I'm asking if she enjoys any of that. But do you know other Muslim comedians? I'm trying to give her something to draw time <laughs> <laughs> I know, pop quiz time, right? Um, I would probably have to think about it. You know, I actually don't watch much TV besides news. Mm-hmm. But if I did, like, obviously Daily Show, they're not, obviously Trevor Noah's not Muslim, but he's he's political I satire. Love, I, like I, yeah. It's it's a great way to kind of, like, put a humorous spin on some really heavy topics. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, mm-hmm. like, you're just constantly, like, we're going to hell in hand. Like, the world's just ending. But it, it helps you kind of put things in perspective. Right. Um, Hassan Minhaj is, is great. I would definitely encourage, like, following his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Dino Bedella. Dino Bedella is also pretty cool. He's an um, Arab American comedian slash poli- not politician. He's we a political satire. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys really wear? Yeah. yeah. At, um, what was that event called? That uh, is a DC. It's something gala. The it was a, show? Oh, wow. Okay. It, was a, it was a charity that like helps build yeah. schools in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. us and nice. him were headlining it. Yeah. Um, we didn't know him before, but. You guys have gone big time. That's <laughs> no. awesome. No, but it was fun. he was a really good. Actor. We were the youngest ones there, so yeah. it was like we were performing like our style of comedy and music in front of like a bunch of uh, like uncles and aunties, and and some of them were like you know they were hip and they were like that was awesome, and some of them they were like what's going on? <laughs> a little clueless. Yeah, that yeah. no, was cool. Though. There's a generational kind of a gap there yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I mean we're trying we're trying our best to be you know like representatives of, of the things that we come from and all that too so we'll see but um anything else that you want to leave the audience with um when it comes to you know anything that you've sort of experienced things that you have coming up um and where can, people can find you for sure so for young people who are following your podcast um april 2nd we're gonna have our youth leadership symposium in annapolis for 2020 and this year's theme is going to be focusing on conflict conflict resolution because we find that a lot of times, like when we talk about building relationships and, and like being engaged and being successful, like one of the key components of that is learning how to manage conflicts and different personalities and people who might not necessarily jive with our way of thinking, but who still play like an integral role, like in, you know, in our realm of influence. Um, so I encourage folks to register for that. And we do have scholarships for people who can't afford it. It's just going to be $10 nominal fee. But if anybody needs a scholarship, we can definitely have sponsors cover that fee. Um, so I'll share the flyer with you once we have all of that publicized. Yeah, anything you want linked, we can put in the description. So Fantastic. And if you guys are eligible to vote, then register to vote. If you're registered to vote, then make sure you rock the vote and take your neighbors and your contact, your colleagues, your family, everybody <laughs> with you to the polls. Make it a party. Make it like a get out the vote party like on election day because we need to make sure that the Muslim voice is heard. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, at the end of every podcast, we ask our strangers uh, the same question. And Shamir, if you want to take that away. If you could describe yourself in any flavor, what would it be and why? <laughs> Let's see. Any flavor. It doesn't have to be an ice cream flavor necessarily. Okay. I'm going to have to give this one some thought. Um, maybe mangoes. Okay. Maybe mango because I'm Pakistani American, born and raised in Baltimore, but still very closely connected to my roots and like we my family had farmland in Pakistan and we grew mangoes and so everything when we were there in Pakistan was like mango what? shakes or mango smoothies or mango so cool. everything mango achar 
and it's still my favorite flavor and i feel like it connects my present to my roots Wow. That's beautiful. Well, thank you, Miss Mango, um, <laughs> for being here, for taking the time with us, um, and and for everything that you do. Um, you know, we we hope that you continue to be a leader in our communities, and um, you know that people get encouraged to to do the same thing and and get their voices out there. So thank you, Shamir, Ember, and for us for like do, inviting me to be here today and keep up the great work with this podcast. Thank Excited you so to see so you. Much, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, for everybody listening, it's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time.